0: USA Radio News with John Hunt. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continues to reiterate her
1: hard line
0: for $2.2 trillion in coronavirus relief or nothing at all.
1: But it's hard to see how we can go any lower when you only have a greater needs.
0: Despite the fact that a 50-member bipartisan group, evenly divided between House Republicans and Democrats, unveiled a $1.5 trillion compromise plan, Nancy Pelosi continues to say the Democrats aren't discussing that with her.
1: They don't say that, actually. They don't say that, actually. Well, they don't say it to me. What they say is we need to have a solution, and we want the best possible agreement that we can for America's working families.
0: The compromise bill includes a fresh round of $1,200 stimulus checks, expanded federal unemployment at $450 per week, and the reopening of the Paycheck Protection Program. This is USA Radio News.
2: Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MediShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has extended their special offer and a lot of people have taken advantage of it. Simply apply by September 30th and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs and it's Worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.
0: Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the longest-serving woman on the U.S. Supreme Court and a strong liberal voice on issues dividing the nation, has died. She was 87. Chief Justice John Roberts, a longtime friend of Ginsburg, called her a jurist of historic stature. Ginsburg revealed in July of 2020 that she was undergoing chemotherapy for a recurrence of cancer. Her death leaves a vacancy on the Supreme Court that is sure to set off an intense partisan battle over her replacement. Tropical storm Beta is churning in the Gulf of Mexico, prompting forecasters to issue a hurricane watch for a chunk of the Texas coast spanning from High Island to Port Aransas slow strengthening is expected with beta forecast to grow into a hurricane by tomorrow night the storm is the latest to form in a highly active atlantic hurricane season so active that forecasters have run out of traditional storm names national hurricane center predicts at least a four-foot storm surge and warns of significant rainfall and flooding among the texas and louisiana coasts this is usa radio hey
3: las vegas guess what Mooch's munchies is now offering delivery in the las vegas valley that's right, you can go to our website, MoochesMunchies.com, and choose from our hand-baked treats, dog and cat foods, toys and accessories, and have them delivered to your home or office the next business day. We know you have a choice when it comes to your pet supplies, and we thank you for choosing us. We've been proudly baking here in Las Vegas for the past three years, and your dog and cat's health and well-being are our top priority. Mooches Munchies, they are totally possum. Get
4: your daily dose from the doctor. TC Martin. Speaking of college bowls, now is a great time to talk about the worst college bowls in name only.
5: Last night we're coming off the Red Box Bowl, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, and one of my favorites, been around for the last couple
6: years, the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl. The TC Martin Show. Catch me weekdays at 2 p.m. right here.
7: Are you going out of town or just need assistance caring for your pet? Licensed, bonded, and insured, Safe Doggy Pet Services is the premier pet care provider in the Las Vegas Valley. With over 40 years of experience handling all types of pets, Safe Doggy comes to you for feeding, medicine, exercise, potty breaks, play visits, overnight pet sitting, special needs care, transportation to vet and grooming appointments, and much more. For further information on all that Safe Doggy Pet Services has to offer, visit safedoggy.com.
2: Would you like to be the next radio star? KSHP can help make your dream a reality. Be part of the KSHP family and have your own show on the same station as the radio shopping show, Coach Harvey Hyde and Brian Blessing. Whether it's sports talk, entertainment, or your special interest, we can help you develop your own show and get it on the radio at a price you can afford. Call us at 702-221-1200 or send us an email at mail at KSHP.com to find out how you can be the next radio star.
8: a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free
9: report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now. 800-253-8126. 800-253-8126. 800-253-8126. That's 800-253-8126.
5: The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers.
10: Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide-open town that never goes to sleep.
11: Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas!
9: You're either in or you're out. Right now,
5: my best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible.
12: Las oh,
6: Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi
13: Welcome to Vegas. It's a beautiful morning. What a great song to start the day. In fact, all of the music of the Young Rascals has aged incredibly well. Think of the great hits, Good Lovin', Groovin', How Can I Be Sure, and People Gotta Be Free. For many of us, it's part of the soundtrack of our lives. Today, you'll meet the lead singer and songwriter of the Rascals, Felix Cavaliere, who has played for years at the Golden Nugget in Vegas and hopes to get back very soon. Also on today's show, you'll hear from your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, and from Master Chef Justin Wells, who has some recommendations for your dining table. In the second half hour, once again, Vegas Never Sleeps presents Sports Rockin' Tours. It's week two of the NFL season, and this week, you'll witness the first pro game ever played in Las Vegas, albeit without fans in the stands. We thought, who would be better to visit with than one of the all-time great Raiders from decades past? Phil Villapiano.
6: One,
2: two, three. Go
13: Whether you grew up in the 1960s or simply have enjoyed music in all the decades that followed, you know Felix Cavalieri. His music is really a part of the American culture right now. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, had four number one hits, six top 20 singles, six top 20 albums. Felix, what a career. Do you ever go sometimes when you're somewhere, because it's played in the background of our lives all the time, that great music, and you hear it and go... Wow, we really made an impact
12: well, we don't think of it like that we just you know like I say when when you hear uh, something that you did oh, fifty years ago forty years ago, to me it just brings a, a smile to my face it goes, we had a ball. I mean, seriously, first of all, it, it's, like, it's like a dream come true to be able to do what we did. And then, of course, we remember it while it was happening. It was a joyous situation, and, and that's what comes to mind.
13: Well, you know, I remember seeing Mick Jagger on uh, Dick Cavett's show, and Cavett laughed. and goes, hey, you ever think you'd be doing this in your 50s? And then Jagger laughed. And this, of course, was when he was like 30. Yeah. Did, did you ever think when you were doing this stuff back then that years later, people would still be clamoring to hear you sing those same songs?
12: Well, I think the, the first part of the question is, did you ever think? <laughs> I don't think we thought. I think we just did. We just had a ball. You know, those years were very tumultuous. You know, we, we were kids, you know. I mean, you know, it, it was really uh, quite an experience because of all the the, the British uh, invasion, so to speak, with the music, the Beatles, the Stones. It was a very exciting time. But, no, you, you very rarely do, do, do you think this far ahead. No. We never we never thought this
13: far ahead. <laughs> well, you know, in addition to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you're in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And right. I'm always fascinated by songwriters. And, you, and three songs in particular I want to just talk with you about. It's a Beautiful sure. Morning, Grooving, right. and Good Loving. How do you do that? In other words, when, when I hear it's a beautiful morning, I picture birds flying, the sun's out. Absolutely. It just comes to me. Is that where that starts? Or how, or how did you like put that down on paper from, from those thoughts?
12: Just exactly like that. You know, basically, you know, I, I do some songwriting kind of like uh, seminars and stuff like that, especially when I lived uh, closer to the East Coast, uh, to Berkeley uh, Music School. You know, basically, it's, it's like when you're dreaming. You know, if if you're just about to knock off to sleep and you hit that kind of, like, zone there, you go in there and you just, things happen, you know? And, and if it happens, like, for example, in my case, through my fingers on a keyboard, this inspiration comes out. And then it's, 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 it's of course, like, for example, like, my, my wife, she's always told me, well, how could you watch that movie before you go to sleep? You dream about it. Well, you put stuff in your subconscious computer here, you want to dream about you know like you know it it usually like when you're young of course it's like mostly relationships which is what was in our case but my case and it's it's situations that you're involved as you get a little older you know it's stuff you read
13: (laughs) (laughs) well you know and it's kind of fun because your music you can look at at your discography and you can see a change because when you got to people got to be free right now you were talking about important stuff it kind of went from the romance to that
12: Yeah, that's exactly right, man. You hit that right on the head, because that's exactly what happened to me and us. By us, I mean my generation, you know, at that time was going through the assassinations, you know. And basically that song, uh, uh, People Gotta Be Free, was written right after Robert Kennedy's assassination, because I was working for his uh, campaign, and I was actually dating a woman who was there at that horrible event that he got assassinated. You know, unlike today, uh, we—and again, I use the collective "we" for that group of people that I was involved with in in the, the sixties—we we we were involved in uh, a lot of the politics and the upraising of what we thought was the consciousness of the world. You know, with the with the Maharishi, and my in my case, I had a Swami, and you know, we we really wanted to do something to make a change in. Um, what we thought was kind of like a really kind of crazy world.
13: The interesting thing is a lot of those songs at that time, especially after the assassinations and so forth, were angry. What's great about People Gotta Be Free is you can listen to that and and it's actually kind of a real positive feel to what could
12: happen. Well, that has to do with my personality, you know, and uh, that's one of the reasons why my ex-partner there, Eddie, and myself were a great team. Uh, I saw the sunny days, it was always raining in his world. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is interesting. So the two of you were working, and, and you
13: found that helpful, right? Because you could kind of, yeah, yeah. the yin and the yang,
12: right? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, like as I say, you know... Uh, we just uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, we, we were around at the time when these phenomenal songwriting teams like the Beatles and were out there, and, uh, you know, we just were very fortunate to be able to kind of continue that with us, you know, it was, it was great, uh, and and, uh, and it still is. I moved to Nashville, Tennessee to continue writing, because that, that part of our industry uh, looks like it might survive, uh, although, like sports, I, I'm not sure where we're going, you know, I mean, uh, I've been, we'll get to that later, but, you know, I'm a big sports fan. Ever since I went to Syracuse University I-, I went to Syracuse right after Jimmy Brown was there so that place was like oh, oh wow. my god you know it was like football heaven at that time basketball hadn't really hit there yet you know as much as it did yeah, in the latter years but uh, do you still follow the Orange Men Um, I do. You know, I've got friends that invite me to the games up there sometimes, and I just like sports. I mean, basically, I I got really hooked. I never was really big enough to play, uh, but I've always noticed over the years this tremendous affinity between athletes and musicians. They want to do what we do. We want to do what they do.
13: What's interesting about your music is it has a great crossover appeal. You know, I listen in the car. I listen to a lot of satellite radio, and there's a channel called Soul Town, which I really enjoy that music. Absolutely. I think the only white artist I've ever heard is the Young Rascals. Well, there's
12: a few others, but still. Well, look, we were the first white act to be on the red and black Atlantic label. If you, yeah. if you have any, you know, any knowledge of Atlantic records, that was an R&B jazz label. Oh yeah, and they started another label at that time called Atco, which was where they put Bobby Darin and you know Sonny and Cher. But the Rascals were on Atlantic, so we were the first black and white act to be on that label. And, and there's such great stories I could tell you about that. I mean, like the camaraderie at Atlantic Records, which was in those days a small label. You know, it was not Warner Brothers yet. Uh, like for example, one one time, uh, Otis Redding came to the, rest, the studio. He peeked in the door and he said. Oh, my God, they
13: are white. More with Felix Cavalieri, singer and songwriter from The Young Rascals, in just a few moments. In town, some places are open while others are waiting. One hotel casino that is open, that still has that vintage Vegas feel, is Circus Circus, which has plenty for the family and a surprising steakhouse that's a must-do. But what about the adults? We asked your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. That's true. Uh, the kids uh, have to wait until they're twelve to start gambling at Circus Circus. <laughs> no, no, they. Uh, it is a. It is a weird vibe at Circus Circus. It really is a rarity amongst Las Vegas casinos because you will walk by the the
5: the uh, the midway area and there are kids playing games. Then you walk over to the casino. There's adult playing games. You kind of feel like it's a. Uh, they're kind of breeding that into the, you know, the really only, the only difference between gambling and these uh, arcades and midway games is kind of like you get tickets rather than cash, but uh, kind of an interesting culture. But yeah, especially in the case of Circus Circus, that steakhouse is a standout.
13: It is an oasis in the middle of a kid-friendly, they've got Adventure Dome, they've got the Midway, they've got the Circus acts, but you go in that steakhouse and you will not believe that experience. Well, thanks, Scott. Visit VitalVegas.com every day, and you can follow Scott as well on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Manchin. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Annette of the Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products, professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com. And use the promo code Vegas20. These statements have
6: not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
13: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. Hold hey.
6: Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
7: Let's get back to
13: our conversation about the great music of the Young Rascals with their lead singer, Felix Cavaliere. How important was some of the early uh, stuff like Chuck Berry and Little Richard? Was that something you listened to growing up? Oh, absolutely.
12: Basically, what happened is this, you know, real real quick capsule. I, I grew up uh, in, in a suburb of New York City. I was I was in a, in a family that, uh, quite frankly, was all medical. And I was studying classical for eight years of my life. And then all of a sudden, I went to high school one day, and my first day of school, this fellow who was to become my best friend uh, turned around and said to me, Hey, you like rock and roll? I didn't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> but I said yes, because I didn't want to be a square. Right. Went home, heard Alan Freed, who had just, Taken from Cleveland, rock and roll to New York. End of story. I flipped.
13: Wow! Yeah, and Alan Freed was playing the really cool stuff, right? I mean, it, it was the stuff that other places you just never heard before, and some such, such
12: great stuff. Exactly, and, and and basically, I was lucky enough to be in the you know the New York area, uh, WINS uh, ten ten, and I heard all this, as you say, great stuff, including Chuck Berry, absolutely.
13: Well, this whole term Blue-Eyed Soul, I mean, that goes back to what you did and, and, and the group did. And the, well, there was no um, backlash, was there? I mean, the uh, yeah,
12: the black sure. artists, were, were, were they upset oh, no, about not it? Not from the black artists, no. <laughs> yeah. No, the black, black artists said, hey, soul brother. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we never had a... I mean, like I say, we, seriously, it, it, that, I should say it doesn't exist, but, you know, basically... Musicians respect musicians.
13: Your songs have been recorded by a number of different people. I mean, from right. you know Marvin Gaye and Gloria Estefan, Booker T and the MGS. I mean, Dusty Springfield. Do you like that? I mean, is that when you hear something like that and somebody that takes kind of a different take on your music, but Absolutely. you like where they go?
12: Of course, it's a compliment. It's it's a major compliment, and uh, you know, it's something that as a, as a matter of fact, you know, I. I Moved to Tennessee, to Nashville, Tennessee, for that sole purpose was to was to write for other people besides myself. So yeah, that, that that's 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 a real nice thing, you know. What I mean, there's, there's no question about it. It's as a songwriter down here, these people—that's what they look forward to—is somebody doing their music. You like doing country music by any chance? Because I don't that, do country I'm, at I, all. Huh? At I, all. Well, <laughs> I, I, the closest thing I did is I just did a, a new album, and I wrote with one of the one of the. Uh, one of the best writers down here is this fellow Steve Warren, or, who's a, a Chet Atkins kind of like guitar yes. person and writes great stuff for Garth Brooks and all that. The closest thing I ever ever, ever did to country. But, you know, it's so interesting because it's like, as I'm speaking to you, I don't think there's any doubt as to what part of the country I come from. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing when I sing what might be a country song. It don't sound like country.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I guess it's no different than somebody from the deep south trying to sing something. You can tell where that's going. (laughs) Just Yeah, and and,
12: and you know what? That's what makes America great. That's what I like about this place. You know, it used to be where, as you traveled around the United States, if you went to different uh, areas, there was different music. Unfortunately, it's not like that anymore. It's all one music. You know, the the people who are in control of the Live Nation and those people. But it used to be when you went to New Orleans, you heard this great funky stuff. When you went to California, you had that kind of like, you know, airy stuff, you know, like Beach Boys and Birds. And now it's all the same.
13: You know, it's interesting. You grew up in an Italian family. And just like mine, I know what that's like. Music's a big part. Like you said, even though you didn't have rock and roll then, classical music and so forth, you were expected to understand this and like it, right? I mean, that was part of growing up.
12: Well, it should be. You know, basically, it was culturally uh, important, and uh, it's also musically important. And it's good for your soul, it's good for your brain, it's good for everything, you know. Well, hopefully, you know, like I say, uh, not to be, uh, you know, digress from our subject here, but down in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, we started a little family down here of people, uh, which we call the uh, Manja Group. Nice. And uh, it's a bunch of men who cook. <laughs> Love that. Love yeah, that. Yeah. And, and you know, like, as I say, you know, this is a fastly dying tradition. Uh, even just the food, I mean, you know, basically the uh, holidays and all that, That you know, I'm really proud to be part of. Well, yeah,
13: did you, when you were growing up, I mean, I know if you were like me, I had like six, seven Italian families that I hung out with, relatives, and everyone had a great sauce and everyone was just a little bit different and they were all great. Was it kind of like that where you grew yeah, up? Yeah,
12: you know, and that's what I really miss because that doesn't seem to be around anymore of course as we move and you know migrate to different parts of the country as people pass but that generation that you know basically was before us Yeah, man. It's a great uh, tradition to grow up in, and and, and I'm really happy that it happened to me, as I'm sure you are.
13: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you're in Vegas, you come out, there's some great Italian restaurants, but there's a few of these old vintage classic Italian restaurants, and you just walk in and you get that smell, and it brings you right back.
12: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Trouble. Those are trouble places. (laughs) They they add to your waistline, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Believe me, I understand that.
13: Thanks, Felix. We're going to continue our conversation with Felix Cavalleri next week. You don't want to miss it. Let's bring in now our gourmet chef, Justin Wells of La Petite Maison, to discuss kicking up your entertaining efforts at home. Today's topic, dinnerware and glassware. How important is that? I mean, is there something we should be looking for specifically? And I'm thinking in terms of entertaining.
15: I think that comes down to stylistic preference. I mean, we use, we like Japanese pottery. We use a lot of it at our house. And it's funny because we have a set of, like, our fancy – you know, everybody's kind of got a fancy set that they take out when they have guests or, or you know, for special occasions and stuff like that. And I found myself just starting to use them every day. You know, we had some crystal, um, like, highball glasses that we would just – oh, we have company over. We'll make a cocktail and these. And I just started using them every day. And I said, you know what, life's short. I'm going to eat on China. So – Um, we have a lovely set of China that I actually got that's a Russian China. Um, this absolutely stunning stuff that I got from my grandfather when he passed. And so that's, our truly special stuff that we take out for special occasions, but we use all of our nicest stuff on a daily basis. I don't see the point really in having it if you're not going to use it.
13: So. I grew up in a household where you only used it once or twice a year, and I agree with you. You have this beautiful stuff, why not enjoy it? Worst case scenario, right? If you break it, you can replace
15: it. For sure. Or if not, then you, who cares? You love the thing and it went away. So, I mean, it's just, I, I think that, yeah, again, use the stuff. I mean, we, we use, you know, really nice stemware when we drink wine. I think it's funny you got guys drinking $200 bottles of wine and they're using $7 stems from Target. It's like for the cost of a third of one of these bottles you drink regularly, you could have the nicest stemware made. And so you kind of proposition people like that and they kind of chuckle and realize, oh yeah, you're probably right. And so um, (laughs) people tend to go that direction. But I think what's fun is I like eclectic sets of stuff to dine on. So like, if we travel and I find a piece of pottery I really like, I'll buy it even if it's only one or two. So I don't really feel the need to have a matching set of 24 plates. Like, I think it's cool to have different-sized bowls. And at the restaurant, you eat. we have a huge array of stuff that we plate. I mean, we have sort of some formal china we have some handmade stuff we have some kind of hokey stuff that i found that's small and interesting and so i think that's just as fun as the dish and a lot of times the right dish can really make the presentation pop and being able to clean stuff is huge being able to work you know i bought my mom this giant lake crusade and she loves it but she can barely lift the thing and so her likelihood to use it is almost zero
13: Thanks, Chef. Remember, all of our shows are archived on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. You can also listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, and more. Coming up, Vegas Never Sleeps presents Sports Rock and Tours. Today's conversation features one of the great personalities from the Raiders of the 1970s, linebacker Phil Villabiano. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Oh,
3: Vegas, here we go!
6: And now, another film rental discovery.
10: Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Admittedly, a film with Joe Mantegna, Joan Allen, Ben Kingsley, and Lawrence Fishburne is hard to classify as an Indie. Searching for Bobby Fischer, a captivating sports film about chess, may be better suited for the wonderful but overlooked category. In the 70s, everyone was fascinated by the enigmatic American world chess champion Bobby Fischer. A child chess prodigy, Fischer became a true American hero before renouncing his citizenship and his championship title and ultimately surrendering to his debilitating mental demons. Although Fischer hovers in this film in newsreel footage like a cautionary guardian angel, this is not his story. Instead, we find the true story of Josh Waitzkin, a Brooklyn-born seven-year-old chess phenom, raised by a caring family and mentored both by a dower by the book traditionalist and by an unorthodox street chess player and hustler. As Josh enters the twisted world of junior championship play, the effect of his gift on those around him, the sport-like thrill of competition, and the unsettling question of whether genius should be developed at any cost to a child's well-rounded future, all combine to bring this film its brilliance. Never has a film about chess been more compelling. This is That Rare Bird A film for all ages Perfectly crafted with intelligence-worthy questions And an enjoyable ride Searching for Bobby Fischer Not in theaters Discovery through rental
6: A work is never done You care for the house The kids And our future We're so grateful for all you do Now it's time to care for yourself And save a little more for retirement a free three-minute online chat can give you the personalized tips you need to boost your retirement savings now. Visit aceretirementorg slash
1: today. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
9: Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? cheapest prices on u.s. and international airline tickets and hotels call right now for prices so low they can't be published travel experts are here 24 7 to help 800-296-1337 800-296-1337 296 1337 that's
7: 800-296-1337 if you came across someone struggling with hunger How would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice an eight-year-old girl
3: who's not not excited excited for for summer summer break because she may not be having lunch again until September?
7: Or a single father of two who works three three part-time jobs and
0: still can't put enough food on the table?
3: Or maybe a mother who cleans offices at night, hoping to find meeting leftovers to take home to her hungry family? Or a war veteran who's having a hard time landing
2: a job and getting back on his feet.
7: I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger
3: in America.
6: Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. They were there when history was made. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in miracles? Yes! Inside the twenty. Touchdown! A Rackham tour is a storyteller. Welcome to the Sports Rackham Tours. And with two out, you talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! team at the Moses. the sports record tours off the great american art of storytelling from the players coaches media the people who were there Smith, courts one in the right down the line it may go Here's Stephen Maggi.
13: Welcome to Sports Rockin' Tours, a show that presents observations, recollections, and memories of a select group of storytellers who represent the past half-century or so of American sports. This Monday night, the first home game in the history of the Las Vegas Raiders will be played against the New Orleans Saints. There will be no fans in the brand-new Allegiant Stadium, but this represents another historical change in the history of the Raiders. So with that in mind, let's meet an important player from that earlier history, Phil Villapiano. When you think of the 1970s Raiders, yeah, the Oakland Raiders, you're thinking of hard hitting and doing whatever it takes to win, and we have Phil Villapiano, who actually encompasses that whole entire Raider image. Phil, great to have you on. You were born to be
11: a Raider, don't you think? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. If I ever thought I could make it to the pros... Then I would be, I would have definitely been a Raider. I mean, but, uh, you know, I look back at my life and, and the way I played football and the way I, I mean, I just loved football and I loved the hard hitting part of the game. And, you know, when I went in the NFL, there was no team hitting any harder or bending the rules this way and that way and having more fun. And I think, You know, my personality fit perfect with the Raiders.
13: I remember covering the team out in Santa Rosa, you know, the preseason camps, and the camaraderie among you guys was unbelievable. Uh, My partner at the time was Monty Stickles, who was announcing the games for the Raiders. Yeah, and and going up there and spending some time, you guys liked each other, too. I mean, it really was a bond.
11: Yeah, we did. We we did. You know, it, it was the way... I didn't start it, you know. I it, but when I got there, there was like George Blanda, Jim Otto, Pete Benesek, Kenny Stabler, you know, Dan Connors. These older guys, they loved each other. The younger guys just blended right in. So whoever started it did a good job. I just helped to continue it and loved it. And, and, and to this day, you know, I think back about the older guys that were my buddies and some of them are, are are dead now, but uh it was such a such a, a treat to play for the Raiders and and you know another thing, Steve, we all thought the same way. Al Davis drafted guys that were pretty similar going in. You know what I mean? It didn't take too much to tweak it one way or another and like even like a guy like Monty Johnson, and Monty Johnson was a big monster from Nebraska, but he just wasn't a Raider type guy in the beginning, because he grew up on a farm you know, in right. Nebraska. And, and, my, and, and a lot of the Raider guys were city guys. And, and, and I remember Monty just kind of grooved himself right in there and became <laughs> one of the boys. And, you know, when when that happens, it's such a good thing, and you know, probably even Jim Otto, you know, even though he was here, he just loved his teammates so much. He was a special guy to, to hang out with and to follow. And I remember when big Bob Brown came on our team. Now, Bob Brown played. He was huge, three, hundred ten pounds. played with the Eagles, came when he came to us, and he became one of the boys. <laughs> it, was, it was so much fun to see Bob Brown come in with this attitude of the, like, NSC East. And all of a sudden, he was an AFC West fun guy. So yeah, we 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 turned some guys around. And uh, but you know what? If you, if you didn't play ball and you weren't a Raider type guy, John Madden. And now, Davis. We make sure you weren't there too long. Well,
13: I was going to ask you. You think this goes to Madden because they had guys that come in like Matuzak and Ted Hendricks who had difficulties in other places, yet they came there and just
11: fit in really well. So that's the beauty of the Raiders. And uh, I remember, I mean, I remember Otis Sischunk, and this is one of the guys, in, and you know, first ball headed guy, never even played in college. And he came walking out on the practice field. And his stomach, he looked like he was eight months pregnant, you know. <laughs> and nobody cared about his stomach. It was get to, the, get to the passer, you know. So I remember they put him right next to me, and we had a great time together. And, you know, he he blended in within a day, you know. So it was, And the twos, yeah. How about Bubba Smith? You talk about a guy blending in Bubba Smith, you know. All those years with the Colts, he came out with the Raiders and he couldn't wait to be a Raider and hang out and, and, and do the crazy stuff that the Raider guys did. So yeah, there was a special team, and, and you know, you can't win that many years in a row unless you really love your teammates.
13: There's a couple of guys that have not made the Hall of Fame. One is Coach Flores afterwards who statistically, anyway, looks like a great fit, nice guy. And then Cliff Branch. How is Cliff Branch not in the Hall of Fame?
11: Well, it's very, very strange, and uh, the only way I can analyze it is: we had so many good players, and we had so many guys getting in that almost probably the whoever does the nominating probably said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We have a of quota already fulfilled, you know, so let's go somewhere else." But a guy like Cliff Branch, he should have been in the Hall of Fame, and nobody could cover Cliff Branch, and now he's dead it stinks when, when you get overlooked like that, but then hey, way back when I'm not sure nowadays, because nowadays it looks like they picked on your credentials, Mm -hmm. but there was a time when you could get in just because they needed to have a 49 er go in or, you know, someone like that. just to make it look good, you know, more of a popularity contest. But I think nowadays it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty solid, Mm -hmm. but, Cliff, at one time, he'll get in because he had he had the credentials.
13: He wasn't just fast. He also made some great catches. Uh,
11: oh, unbelievable.
13: Let's talk yep. about that Miami Dolphins game because I just thought of his great catch in that. You made a big play in that, too, and people might forget you intercepted a pass, but that game could have still gone on. I, rem- I remember being there, and it was an amazing and it was an amazing exhibition of football
11: that day. I got to say, yeah, that was you know that was one of the f- most fun games I've ever been involved in. And, uh, that wasn't the championship game; that was the, the playoff game, right? And uh, the you know the Dolphins came, and you know the whole town of Oakland was so fired up to knock them off because they were seventeen and zero the year before, and we you know we were going to be the spoilers. And I remember. I Nate, Nate Moore, something ran back. Yeah. the opening kickoff broke our hearts, and then we we were battling back the whole day. And uh, you know, I think the only time we took the lead was when we, you know, we took it at the end there uh, on the Kenny flip over. Yeah, uh, what, what, what did they call Davis. that one? What was sea that? of hands. <laughs> yeah. And then you know we um, you know we knew Greecey was going down, and you know me being around a little while, I knew his favorite receiver. And I knew where he liked to to get him. I was playing on the, you know, on the left outside and I saw, you know, I saw greasy, you know, look, look me off kind of. And as soon as he looked me up, I knew he was going the other way. And I started sprinting to the middle of the field, right? Where I thought he would find Paul Warfield. And it was a good thing I made that play because uh, if Paul catches that, he had a lot of running room, but I I got over there and pulled it in and uh, I, I never I'll never forget the uh, you know I knew how much John Madden wanted to win that game so I, I wouldn't let anybody have that ball and whenever I gave it to John and he stuck it up in the air and <laughs> boy that was a that was a wonderful wonderful day beat a great team and then we lose to the Steelers the next weekend ah killed me killed me man.
13: We'll be back with former linebacker from the 1970s Oakland Raiders, Bill Bill Piano, in just a moment. You're listening to Sports Rockin' Tours with Stephen Maggi. Smith
8: in trouble. Steps up. Smith can run. Smith takes it across the 30, and Alex Smith is still going. Smith bounces off a tackle!
13: When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see, and there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas, from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case, (laughs) yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com.
8: a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call
9: now. 800-253-8126 800-253-8126 800-253-8126 That's 800-253-8126
4: Welcome back to Sports Rockin' Tours.
13: You are listening to a pro bowler from the powerful 1970s Raiders, Phil Villapiano. What was it like playing with Atkinson and Tatum? Because they were they were a tough pair out there, and you know you're part of that defense. Did that help you guys, all you guys in front? Because nobody wanted to have them come from behind them and hit them. I mean,
11: oh, I know. They were, we had a great group of safeties back there. I mean, Jack Tatum. I told me uh, million people this when he would come up and hit somebody. You knew it and not because you could see him because usually you're in there making a the tackle, but the hit, the hits that he would put on the offense was amazing. And, it was, and I, I related to, you know, a driver. When you, when you hit, you know, in golf, when you hit the golf ball hits right in the middle of the driver, it sounds different. And I used to say Jack Tatum sounded different because he would hit the guys so square and hard. And then George Atkinson was totally different. He was more of a street fighter back there. So we had a street fighter and we had a, an enforcer, you know, and wow, those guys could play football. And I, I loved having them behind me. When Those guys would break through the line and break through the linebackers. They would say something to us because, yo, boys, our job's to cover. It isn't to make your tackles, you know. So they were, uh, they were a tough group. Fun, fun group to play with. Though. Yeah,
13: talk about different personalities too. I mean, Tatum, he, he was always he was always respectful and so forth. But I never won him mad at me. Whereas Atkinson was Ooh. like one of the happiest guys you'd ever want to see.
11: Yeah, right. And uh, but you also don't want Jack to, uh, George Atkinson mad at you. Yeah. I've uh, he was a tough, tough guy, and he still is. And Tate was a tough, tough guy. But you're right; the way they presented themselves was so different. But George Atkinson could get nasty in a heartbeat, and Jack Tatum was nasty all the time.
13: And then it had to be something when you when you were taking a break and you were watching the offense out there. Having Gene Upshaw and Art Shell, you know, like you say, and for a time, Jim Otto there, what an offensive line, huh? I mean, that's like incredible.
11: Yeah, it was. We got it to a tremendous offensive line. and. You know, don't forget on the other side, we had John Vella and George Beeler, and those two guys were just as tough as Shelly and, uh, and Upshaw. You know, Jim Otto started getting older, and they put Dave Dalby in there. That was a young, tough, tremendous offensive line, and it took a while. You know, Gene, Gene and, and, and Art were there, but, but you know, uh, Jim was getting older, and, and then George was new, and then we had Bob Brown, and... Finally, John Bella got in there, and finally, not that Jim, Jim Otto wasn't the best, he, he was the greatest, but he was just older in the seventies, and he still kept playing. He still got injured every every week for some craziness. When once we got the right ages in there, woof, we were pretty darn good. And they stuck Dave Casper in a tight end, big old. <laughs> he was like a tackle out there, so uh, yeah, it's we could brilliant. we could block anybody, and we could open up. We can open up holes in anybody's line and also pass protect, which was – the key to Kenny Stabler.
13: I got to think Jim Otto must have been a great inspiration because I remember seeing him. He owned a Burger King, which was on the drive yeah. up to uh, Torino, and I always would stop in there, and this is like the nicest guy, and he'd be out working, and, and the poor guy, uh, his knees were
11: awful. Oh, I yeah. know. I know. How he played those last four or five years was beyond me, but I mean, Al Davis was not taking him out, and John uh, John, uh, you know, Madden was not taking him out of the game. So, I mean, he just kept getting beat up because once you can't move, you're a a sitting duck for an injury. But somehow or another, Jim just fought and fought and fought and and probably played three or four extra years. And a great inspiration to me. What a great man he was. And he still is. And he is Mr. Raider. Well, then your career, as all careers do, kind of
13: you got a bad injury, you end up going to Buffalo, they love you in Buffalo, too. How was that experience, having done all that with the Raiders for almost a decade?
11: Yeah, well, it was beautiful. I, I, I couldn't believe when I when I went to Buffalo that the crazy thing was, you know, I, I looked at the Bills. You know, they hadn't won much. I think they were they might have won two games the, the year before I got there. And I figured, oh, I'm going to be a starter. And I was playing the inside with the Raiders at the end, but my love was the outside on the left side. I'm figuring I'm going to go up there and be a starter. I go up there and being my agent, we told him what what we wanted to get paid. And Chuck Nosko is done. Just like that, no arguments. And he goes, but under one condition. And I said, what? He goes, you're not going to be a starter.
15: Mm
11: -hmm. I said, what? I'm not going to be a starter. And he goes, we have no depth. I brought you in here to play all four linebacker spots. And I'm going to call on you, and you're going to have to go in there and and help me, but you're not going to be a starter. So you know, I, I'm like, okay, well, then I'm going to be on special teams. I, I told Chuck, you got to put me on special teams. because Phil, you're in your tenth year. What are you crazy? <laughs> I said, nope, I want to do that. So I became the captain of the special teams. Yeah, my fourth year, I, I up there, I injured my knee playing special teams, <laughs> but I had four good years and played a lot of good football, and I played. You know, inside left, inside right, outside right, outside left. I played them all. And I had a great a great time, great four years. And I, I really love the city of Buffalo. It's a great town for people that don't know it. The people up there are fantastic. The football fans of the Buffalo Bills are tremendous. And I couldn't, I mean, I, well, let me say one more thing. A lot of Italians up there, too, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I enjoyed that part of it. And I just had four wonderful years. And Ralph Wilson, tremendous owner. And Chuck Knox, tremendous coach. And Kay Stevenson coached me for a year. All these... I mean, I just, I just can't say enough about Buffalo. I had a great time. You had a great career, and you had a fun career, right? I mean, every picture I see of you, you got a smile on your face. <laughs> you were enjoying <laughs> well, it. <laughs> I was doing the thing I liked the most, man. I was doing not, nothing more, nothing more than I would rather do. I, I grew up uh, loving pro football on television. I grew up thinking, man, maybe I can, maybe I could do it. Never know when I could do it, but I did it, and. It's also like a dream come true for me.
13: One thing about you, and before we go, one thing, you've always been great working in the community, and one one thing you're doing with Bonacani and Harry Carson, I assume you're still doing it, was the flag football under 14, and I thought it was great because there a guy who's as hard a hitter as you are. You realize that we got to be careful with kids, and so forth, They can't start them out too yeah. early.
11: Yeah, I totally like, you know, what Harry and Nick and I were doing, and and we're still doing it, but... Nobody's – well, I guess there are some, some uh, school systems that are listening. And what we wanted was no tackle football to you're a freshman. And, you know, that means Pop Warner is out. So most towns aren't going to do that. You know, they want, that, that, they want their kids tackling when they're, you know, seven years old. I'm one of these guys that your whole body, I think, has to mature. And I'm not so even sure that the brain is mature at, you know, a freshman in high school. But it's better – than it would be at six or seven or eight. Don't hit the head. But, you know, I I give uh, these people credit. Our boys up in Seattle are teaching how to roll tackle. And, you know, and people, you know, not, not being able to use their head. And I think it's a good thing. So, hey. Your shoulders are perfect to make tackles. Ram your shoulder in there. Have a good time. Matter of fact, I tell people when you tackle perfectly with your arms and your shoulder right in the middle of a guy's body, I think I've done this many times. It's a perfect tackle for me as a defender, and it's a perfect tackle for the offensive guy. It's almost like the offensive guy wants to say good tackle because nobody gets hurt, and you just go back to auto, and you start again. So I like the new rules for safety, and I, I, I do agree that let's not rough these kids up too early. We don't want to lose any good football players before you get to high school.
13: The great Phil Villapiano, I hope to interview you again, maybe before the playoffs. <laughs> Anytime, the
11: Steve, you call me. It's been it's always fun talking to you and you today because this was a good con- This was a good football conversation.
13: You can hear more with Phil Villapiano on our expanded podcast, available soon on the Vegas Never Sleeps website, which you should go to and check out the Sports Rockin' Tour page. There you can hear bonus content from this conversation plus a number of other great sports stories. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Maggio. Epsilon XR creates immersive learning environments that engage with your learner, resulting in improved information retention, which leads to better performance and ultimately an increase in revenue. Learn more at elearning.epsilonxr.com.
4: To re-emerge stronger and safer than ever, ask yourself these crucial questions. Should all restaurants, retailers, and venues have new safety and sanitation procedures in place? As a business owner, how can you assure your valued guests that proper protocols are being followed? How can you give your guests confidence knowing that you've prioritized their health and safety? Introducing Virus Safe Pro. A revolutionary mobile technology software that provides checklists, reminders, and confirmations to help your team perform health and safety measures right on schedule. It allows you to close the information gap in the workplace by giving your employees a dedicated source of credible instructions in a timely manner, right from their mobile devices. Validate compliance with health and wellness standards, provide regular safety and health messaging, and confirm that approved protocols have been performed all in real time and an easy-to-read dashboard. Tracking and verifying health and safety procedures in your business has never been more important. To learn more about how VirusSafe Pro can help you reopen, visit VirusSafePro.com.
9: Have you been diagnosed with lung cancer or mesothelioma? Did you spend your life working hard in a shipyard or in the railroad industry? Were you a pipe fitter in the oil or gas industry? Or maybe you worked in construction or you're a proud Navy veteran. If you worked in any of these industries, it's a high likelihood you worked around or near asbestos in your lifetime. And if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer or mesothelioma, you may be entitled to significant compensation. Our attorneys have been fighting hard for years to win our customers the compensation they're entitled to for their pain and suffering. So if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer or mesothelioma, call right now for help. This commercial is paid for by Airtime Media, and I'm a non-attorney spokesperson. 800-814-5077. 800-814-5077. 800-814-5077. Again, that's 800-814-5077. KSHP shows are now available on all the
13: major podcasting platforms, like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Radiohead, and more. Simply search for KSHP on any of the major platforms, and you can listen to past episodes of all your favorite
6: KSHP programs, including Vegas Never Sleeps. The world-famous radio shopping show weekday on 1400 KSHP
11: North Las Vegas and KSHP.com.